welcome to the Artists in Residence podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Bergay, a creative producer and artist living in New York City, who up until a year ago would shake my head no when someone would ask me of an artist, and instead would put my head down a little bit and say, I'm just a project manager. Now I say yes, I am an artist too. Once I embraced my innate need to create, I started to feeling like myself again. One of my intentions with this podcast is to inspire you to make and create again too. Just think about your younger self. How much you love to play make-believe or finger paint or perform dance routines for your family and friends. How good did it feel? It felt great. I know that as an adult, priorities shift. Not everyone can do what they love for a living and get paid for it. Do you ever imagine what that would look like? You'd have tons of professional athletes, singers, artists, and a lot less people counting your finances, taking your orders, or picking up your garbage. Back to my point. I get it. As an adult, priorities shift. You don't have time. But I believe if you make a little bit of time in your week for a little bit of creativity, it will go a long way for your mind, body, and soul. On today's episode, you'll meet Jennifer Liss, an ex-hairstylist turned corporate copywriter and founder of The Creative Commute, who will give you a reason to find a few minutes a week to let your creative self out and play. Without further ado, here's episode four. So welcome, Jen. Thank you for being my fourth artist in residence. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. And I knew you'd laugh because, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on my podcast is because you're one of the people who don't think of themselves as a traditional artist, but every day you are inspiring people to create and have fun and be true to themselves through your Creative Commute Facebook group. I couldn't think of a better person to have on at this stage in the podcast than someone like you. So thank you for joining. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? So you mentioned the creative commute. I started the creative commute exactly eight weeks ago last night at 6 p.m. Congratulations. Thank you. I was just like, we're in this crazy time. And it was very heavy at that moment. And I was just like, what can I do to help people right now? And so I just decided, what can I do? Okay, well, I know creativity and I know fun and silliness. And how can we just bring that together And so I started this group, but I am a creative copywriter at a large corporation right now. That is my day job that I do, and I'm still doing it. I'm working from home, and that was part of what inspired the creative commute that I was like, well, I've got 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening. What can I do with this time to make it productive for myself? And so I was planning to use that time for creativity for myself. And when I had that moment of what can I do For other people, I was like, well, maybe other people would like to use their commute time to do something creative. So created this Facebook group and we've been doing it ever since challenges Monday through Friday, little creative challenges to get everybody's creativity going. That's great. You got my creativity going. I remember watching it at like seven in the morning and I'm like, what? Seven in the morning? I was like, where's my pen and paper? Every morning I saw you on there. I was cheering you on. It was really exciting to see over time more and more people joining in. So before we dive a little deeper into the creative commute, I thought we could take a little trip back in time and get to know little Jen. What did you want to be when you were little? Like, what did you want to be when you grow up? I remember telling my mother when I was five years old, I was a very determined five-year-old, and I told her I was going to be a hairstylist. My mom's response, I remember it so clearly because it really hit me. She said, no, you don't. And I was like, yeah, I do, mom. (laughs) But my mom, I realize now at the time that that hurt a little bit, but 
I always took my hurt as like, okay, well, I'm going to freaking do it then. <laughs> that was like my, that was the kind of kid that I was. But looking back, I realized my mom's aunts were all hairstylists and they worked so hard. And so my mom was trying to protect me and say, no, you don't want to do that. And really all until I graduated high school, like I knew that that was something that I kind of wanted to do, but kept suppressing it because I was a very good student, straight A. You know, the first B I ever got was my senior year in high school in physics. And I just like, I can still sweat a little bit when I think about that. My mom would always say, that's a waste of your intelligence. Why do you want to be a hairstylist when you could go and be something else? You know, so I went to college and I decided to pursue creative writing, which also was not necessarily what my parents wanted me to do, but (laughs) that's what I wanted to do. So I pursued creative writing until my scholarships ran up. And then once my scholarships were up, I said, mom and dad, I'm going to hair school. And so I dropped out of college and went to hair school. (laughs) And I did hair for 11 years. What was that experience like? I loved it. It was wonderful. It was everything that I had hoped that it would be. I worked for a chain salon and then ended up going out on my own. And I owned my own business for six years. And I loved it. I had a, a fabulous, wonderful clientele. And a lot of them are in the creative community. But I just one day realized that I was no longer creatively fulfilled. And that was hard. That was so hard. And so I did go back to college and got my degree and then ended up in marketing, advertising. And how did you pick marketing and advertising? I was so freaking lucky when I went to back to school. I was like, well, I'll just do business because that's like the thing to do. So I like went to the business college and this <laughs> advisor, she listened to me and listened to my path. And she said, you can get a business degree, but I don't think that's the place for you. I'm going to send you to the communications college. And she sent me to go talk to somebody and they led me in the right direction. I've always loved words. I've always loved making the mundane fun. But when I went to creative writing college, it was all about poetry and very classic. And I felt like that was part of why I dropped out of college because it didn't feel right for me. I've never felt like the classic. I've always had a lot of imposter syndrome around creativity because I don't think the same way that I feel like I should think and do. And so advertising copywriting was like this whole new world of like making normal things fun and trying to grab people's interest with something with styrofoam. How can you make something so normal, something fun? That is now my job. And it's really fun. One thing that I think is really valuable is that you really went after all the things that were passions of yours until you felt like something wasn't right anymore, or you wanted to like grow. And I think that for someone out there who's listening, who may feel stuck or may feel like they're not reaching their potential, or they didn't get to go to college to pursue something they like. They did business, or they went to nursing school, and they kind of didn't get that opportunity. What would you say to people who are feeling a little stuck right now? What is a way that they can kind of follow in your steps a little bit in that you look for ways to grow or find more inspiration? Well, I think it starts with recognizing the fact that you are creative. That as a human being, you are a creative being. That as humans, we have a unique capability to be creative and to put, unlike ideas, like other animals cannot do this. We are the only ones who can, and we are born with that ability to do it. It's just that at some point we discount maybe our ability to do it, 
or recognize that other people are better at it. And okay, that's not for me because somebody else is so good at that. And, you know, maybe my brain doesn't think the way that somebody else's does. So I think it really starts with coming back to just that idea that you are a creative. We all are. It's okay. There's a few people that are like just intrinsically, amazingly better at it. But most of us, it's, it's a skill that we build. And when you just admit that to yourself and say, hey, yeah, there were things that I used to do as a kid and I've just stopped doing them. That's kind of where it starts. And I have seen it happen in the last eight weeks. It gives me goosebumps. Like some of my friends who I didn't even know that they could do the things that they've been doing. I mean, I have a friend who has gone from not doing anything artistic at all. I don't know if you saw this in the creative community. He drew this picture of Kesha that is like so freaking phenomenal. People are like, how long have you been drawing? He's like, this is my first drawing. I was going to say, you can't see my face. My jaw dropped for those who can't see my facial expressions. (laughs) I could not ask for anything better. I mean, I feel like this group and what it has done in eight weeks has been amazing. But to see somebody go from, he's an accountant (laughs) who plays video games on the weekends and, you know, like he's super fun and he actually does do creative things. Like you look back and it's like, oh my gosh, he is crazy creative, but never recognizing it and funneling that into something that is really fueling him right now through this crazy time. That's great. And actually, that's a a good segue back into the creative commute. I think we all have a little sense now of what it is. But why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, how it got started? What is the format of the creative commute? How does it work? How do people participate? Yeah, so we have challenges Monday through Friday. It's one little challenge a day. And it has transitioned into having a theme for the week. I, I think people are really enjoying that. And I'm enjoying that. So our theme last week was gratitude. This week is happiness. So we're focused on happiness this week. And every little challenge somehow builds to that, sometimes loosely, sometimes very closely. Today's challenge is, if you don't mind me sharing, because I think it brings it into perspective, we have, you have three wishes, a genie gives you three wishes, and each wish has to somehow make you happy. But there's some kind of something in each of those wishes. So the first one's that you have to have a banana in it. Your second wish has to have water somehow involved. And the third wish somehow has to have a furry animal. So there's happiness involved, but it's also like creativity in this fun new way. And so every challenge has some kind of little element of creativity to it. And how do you come up with these challenges? Like you lie away, like in bed at night, you just lie awake. I'm like, what should I do next week? It's really the creative process at work. It is searching on the internet, doing research, thinking to myself, having conversations with my husband, watching stuff on TV. You know, it's that whole, like, how much can I gather and then focus in on, okay, what makes sense this week? What will serve people? What have people kind of liked and kind of like bringing it all together? It's total chaos and then like focusing it together. That's just how I work best. What has been your favorite challenge to date? One of my favorites, the very first week we said, make your seven-year-old self happy. And my jaw dropped that day. The things that people shared and opened up about and the things that they did, it was just beautiful. I wore a big puffy skirt here in my home office that day (laughs) because my seven-year-old self loved to wear big poofy skirts. But there were other things that people shared that were just so beautiful and fun. Some were really deep. That by far, I think that is still my favorite challenge, even though it was so long ago at the very beginning. Yeah, that's a that's a beautiful challenge. I remember seeing it and thinking about myself and, you know, it's such a, a time when so many people have had so many things that like connect with them or like I can remember in second grade, like my favorite thing to do was art class. 
And I got pulled out of art class to go to a special math class. It was so horrible, you know, like I needed extra help in math and I just wanted to go to art class. And I posted a picture of like my little seven-year-old drawing of me wanting to just be in the art room and then like someone pushing me into the like, you know, the math class and then my mom coming and saying, no, I'll put her back in art class. Yeah. Did you always want to be an artist? Like going back, you asked me the question about what I want to be. I've always had this inside me that I wanted to make things and throughout my life like when I was little I danced I did plays I made sculptures like I did all these things I didn't have any fear like I used to perform Annie in my parents basement and I would do it in front of people and then at some point I got really deterred and I stopped making certain things because I got really self-conscious about it but then throughout my life I found other things that I gravitated that I felt like I was good at that I wanted to do more and so I did less art and ended up going into communications because like you, my parents were like, why don't you do something more practical? So I studied film and television in college. And then when I got out of college, I wasn't really doing anything creative. I was doing all administrative coordination things. And the only way I could do things that were creative, if I came up with them myself, like I decided I was going to make a documentary. So I made a documentary. I really took it upon myself to make those things. And as you know, and as I talk about at the beginning of like why I started this podcast, is I stopped doing that for like eight years so I can have a full-time job with benefits and be a wonderful project manager and manage teams and blah, 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 blah. And I started feeling like something's missing. So, you know, I started doing art again and then I felt like myself. And so that's really like my big message here is that, you know, at some point in your life, you get told you're not good at or you compare yourself to other people and you start to believe it, you know, you get put in the corner of you're not creative because whatever reason or you didn't go to school for it and you start to believe it. I think finding ways, whether it be taking an art class or doing like a daily commute art challenge, you know, little ways that you can get yourself back into like an art practice that I feel is just as beneficial as going to the gym a couple times a week or going for a run. But it's a muscle. It's a muscle. And like mine was atrophied. Well, and even just doing the same thing all the time, it can start to atrophy, you know, and that's how I start to feel with hair, I think. And it's how I started to feel in just doing the same thing every day. And you just start to feel like, okay, I need something else. And it can be hard to allow yourself for whatever reason to do something that brings you joy. I mean, creativity and art is definitely one of those things that brings you joy, but it takes time. It takes you stepping out and doing that for yourself. And that can unfortunately be hard for us to do. And it's so important, but it doesn't just come naturally for everybody. Yeah, that's an important note. And it's like anything, if you can pick something that you want to focus on a little bit a day, try to prioritize it. You know, I mean, some people have more time than others. Some people have families. Everyone's coming from a different background and, you know, ability to have access to certain things. So if you could find a little tiny way to like do something creative in your day, it can even just be daydreaming. That's totally creative. (laughs) Like, you know, you could be sitting on a bus and that's creative right there. Like dreaming about being on an island in the South Pacific. So we talked a little bit about the creative commute and your favorite challenge. What has been, you know, as you've seen this group grow and grow over the course of the last, uh, you said eight weeks, right? Mm-hmm. What has been the most surprising thing to you that you've seen come out of this group? A lot of actually what we have already talked about was surprising to me to see people connect so quickly 
you know, and it was just saying, Hey, guess what? You're creative. And that light bulb going off for some people or that permission slip happening from somebody else. I mean, who am I to tell anybody anything? You know, I'm just a copywriter in Wichita, Kansas, who happens to know my own creative journey. You know, I'm no expert in creativity, but it's, we've given a space to people where they feel confident and comfortable and open to trying things and the growth that can happen in such a short period of time of people connecting to that, it has floored me. And really the fact that you can create an intimate environment of 600 people, that's, there's currently 600 people in there, but it feels very intimate that you can create that. It's been so cool. That's great. And how have people have been finding out about it? Like, I'm sure at this point you have some strangers in the group. That has been so fun. It's like somebody will email me or respond to my email that I've been sending out or message me or something. I'm like, oh, I don't even know who this person is. That's so cool. (laughs) But I think people have shared and it has definitely slowed down. The first few weeks, it was growing and growing and growing in the last couple. And really, we had done some like invite a friend things in the beginning. But then I, I kind of slowed on that a little bit thinking maybe we should make this really comfortable and slow down and really focus on the people who are in here and grow it more organically that way. And that I think has been good. I, I would love for it to grow even bigger while still maintaining the intimate feeling that we have. And I think that can happen. Currently, I haven't been like focusing on making it grow in any way. That is generally... My questions I had for you around the creative commute. Now for the fun part. I always love the fun part. (laughs) I think you're going to like because it's like a creative challenge. You have to think quick. And before we get into the rapid fire questions, there was one other question that I wanted to ask you about the creative commute with the prizes. Was the prizes part of like an incentive to get people to do it or just like adding to like the fun and silliness? Like where did the prizes element come from? I'm just obsessed with surprises. (laughs) So that's why we don't announce what the challenge is going to be each day until 7.20 a.m., which would have been my commute time. That's the whole idea around the commute thing is that it's my commute time. So at 7.20, I pop on live and I talk about what the day's challenge is going to be. And I just love surprises. So then I was like, oh my gosh, what if we gave away prizes to whoever completes the whole five-day challenge? And so then I found this sparkly hat that I had laying around in my house and I started, you know, Everybody who completed the full five-day challenge, I put it in a hat and I drew out a name and then sent them a fun, creative prize in the mail. I think that also that's we are in a time where it's hard to have fun. There's a lot that is very heavy going on around us. And so for one person to get a little happy surprise in the mail is just fun, you know, and it's, it's okay to still have fun or allow ourselves to have fun, even though we're in a time where a lot that is not fun is going on. And there's just, there's a lot of sadness. Are all the prizes things you find in your house? (laughs) I thought about that at first. I really did think, oh man, what if I went through like weird stuff in my house? But then I decided to send things just because in the beginning, I wasn't sure what the mail situation was. Everything was so crazy. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I send it from Amazon, then maybe it feels safer to people. And so I've been using Amazon. Eventually I would like to transition and, and do something different and support local artists and, and maybe even get our own swag. I haven't gotten there yet. It's just this has been working and I, I just know that there's so many sensitivities around certain things. So yeah, well, that's great. It's fun. It definitely adds a fun element. And uh, I think, you know, getting a little surprise in the mail 
like people need that right now. You know, there's an initiative going on right now where people are gifting art to people or like, you know, through the mail, like mail art, you know, there's like little things happening that people aren't expecting it. I got a postcard in my mail, in the mail from someone and I was like, oh, just cheers you up. So, you know, I like that you have the added uh, element of surprise prizes. Yes, that's so fun. Well, and you hosted a collage party this Saturday and I was like, she is friends with so many amazing artists. Holy nuggets. The things that people created in 20 minutes. I was just like, this is phenomenal. Yeah, it's really great. I was I was thinking a little bit about you when I, I did the challenge. I was like, oh, this must how be how you feel like when you're, you know, in the kind of seat and you're hosting and you know, there's something very different about facilitating a creative challenge versus participating. And uh, of course when you're running things over Zoom, there's that technology piece of figuring out you know, how do I highlight somewhat, but it went well. So thank you for attending that. Now for the quick fire questions. What's your guilty pleasure? It's probably taking my computer outside and working outside. That's definitely yes. I I love that. I don't know if you have to feel too guilty about that. But I guess, you know, there are a lot of people that don't have a, a space to go. You know, I live in New York City, so I have a little tiny apartment, but I do have a little tiny balcony that is just the light of my life right now. So when I can go out and work outside, it's like a little piece of heaven. And I'm like, this is a luxury. That's what it is. I just, I feel definitely spoiled that I am able to go outside. And here in the Midwest, it's a bit more open than in some cities. So I'm definitely grateful. So question two. Who inspires you? I'm just inspired by everyday people, particularly people who just do what they want to do. Okay, currently, Sahara Rose on Instagram. She is going out and she is just dancing and like letting loose and I'm obsessed with it. She is beautiful and amazing and she's just like, she's dancing to early 2000s hip hop and she's inviting everybody to join her and I believe she lives in New York City too, so she's stuck in her apartment and I'm super inspired by her for just being brave and putting herself out there and, you know, being silly. Oh, I'll have to check her out and tag her in this, uh, you know, when I post this episode. All right, last question. Would you rather be invisible or be able to read people's minds? I think that I'd rather be invisible. Because then I could people watch and people wouldn't know that I'm watching them. I wouldn't have to be sly about it. I could just watch them. And with that, this concludes episode four. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. If you want to learn more about the Creative Commute or join the next weekly creative challenge, you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash the creative commute. Or you can just Google it. Until then, I hope you follow your heart and be true to your art.